0: It's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, it is. It is a Sunday edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, Judd Zolge, just back from the XL Energy Center. A.J. Fredrickson producing today. Um, as always, he will be in for, um, for a set of shows for the rest of the season. Declan remaining on vacation. He's back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll get back to things as well as the uh, um, trade deadline approaches on Friday. But... H, I figured it would be worth doing an episode today based on one thing and one thing alone. Dean Evison, the Wild coach, who loves nothing more than to spread, spread the credit around, spread the wealth around, um, said in his post-game press conference after a 3-2 overtime Wild victory in which Kirill Kaprizov had a natural hat trick, he had an even strength goal and power play goal in the third period, and then, not surprisingly, the OT goal, said that that was the best performance, the best game he has seen from Kirill in Kirill's career with the Wild. And, of course, Dean has been here for the entire thing. And we have seen some absolutely outstanding games from the young man. It's hard to disagree, though, because I don't know what you thought. I think the way I viewed the game and the way Dean and some people viewed the game was different. I thought this team was pretty lifeless and soft on the puck for two periods. And they had a ton of shots, but it's Columbus. Like they didn't have a ton of, um, they didn't have, I didn't think, uh, a ton of domination like I think that you should in a game against a Blue Jackets team that very much does not want points. And Kirill said in the third period, okay, enough of this crap. I'm going to single handedly take th- this team and will them to a victory. And it's why I tweeted, forget the Minnesota Wild for a day. Today, this was the Minnesota fighting Kaprizovs with Kirill yes. Kaprisov basically being uh, the first through 20th star if you were to try to
1: award stars for the entire Wild roster. What'd you think? I mean, it was, I mean, you hit it spot on, and I had a similar sort of tweet uh, midway through the second, I believe it was, where um, as soon as they go down 2-0, I know you can argue the well, you know, they've been dominating in a lot of the, the, the game and they haven't gotten the puck luck. And, you know, it's a game of bounces. Hockey's a game of bounces and all these chances. You, If you're the better team, you should win, especially against the Blue Jackets. I'll, I'll let you have that if you're playing the Avalanche or if you're playing the Dallas Stars. This is the Columbus Blue Jackets who want nothing more than to land Connor Bedard in a few months from now. They don't want the points. They're probably... Their front office is furious. They're leaving Minnesota with a single point, let alone they, you know, were in the contention for two. So um, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, this team cannot be a buyer at the deadline. And then you know I got hacked. That's what it was. I got hacked. Um, oh still, no! You're
0: no, no, no. We'll, I still don't we'll think go they should back. Be a buyer.
1: I don't we'll, think they we'll go be a buyer. back. You didn't get hacked at all. You tweeted your truth, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's my favorite play in hockey. And I say this like on a rare occasion because he does it so often, I don't need to be a broken record. My favorite play in hockey is when Kirill steps on the ice and just decides I'm gonna run the play where I'm better than everybody else, because that's what he is. He's yeah. just better than everybody else, yes. no matter who's on the ice. And there's there's a few people that are in contention, but even then, like some of his skill set is amazing. You could see it. With uh he had one chance late to where I thought he was gonna actually put him up three two, just was relentless. He, the balance he has on his edges, just fighting off other grown men, charging the net, and then willing to get a backhander chance that eventually had a rebound that he almost put in and I think it hit the post that beat Corpusalo, but then it just yes. kind of slid slid wide. Yes. Um and then the reverse hit that he threw on to whoever that was. I mean it was he, Goudreau. He it was okay, Johnny. I mean, the, Johnny
0: wanted no part today. By the <laughs> way, Johnny self-scratched. He was in the lineup, but in Johnny's mind, he was a healthy scratch. Yeah. He wanted oh. no
1: part of today's hockey game. So that maybe takes away the legitimacy of that reverse hit because Goudreau is like a buck 20 sopping wet. So It was still impressive. I'm it's for. very impressive, especially for a guy who does everything that Krill does. But um, like you said, third period comes around. He flips the switch. He says, all right, guys, we're actually going to play hockey here for a little bit. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, they're, they're heading home with two big points. And that puts them in pretty good spot in that central division right now, Judd.
0: Absolutely does. In fact, uh the Jets, who are just really scuffling now uh and were shut out for nothing, including an empty net goal at home by the Islanders today, who, keep in mind, will come to the ex-Zach Parisian and company on Tuesday. Uh, the standings right now, Dallas, 59 games, and the games played, of course, are important here, 74 points. So they're atop the Central Division. Minnesota, 60 games, 72 points, so two back of Dallas. Colorado now, 57 games, 71 points. So the discrepancy there is Colorado has three games at hand, and I don't believe they play until Wednesday again. Uh, the Jets are now wild card one, 71 points. The Kraken are wild card two with 70 points. Calgary, which got absolutely dominated again last night, and they are a complete mess, has now dropped back in 60 games with 66 points. Um, the, the Abs dominated the um, Flames last night. And just for the sake of it, the Pacific Division top three teams, Vegas, 76 points, leads the Western Conference. Um, the Kings are second, 74 points. Edmonton has the same amount of points in 60 games, 72 as the Wild. So the Wild is theoretically in good shape now. But let me tell you why I don't disagree with your tweet, okay? And I know people are going to say the same thing that I said. And I look, my view of this is a little bit colored by the fact that I said this about the Vikings. And it it was just wrong, unfortunately. The Western Division does appear to be wide open. But I guess my question is this. Is it going to be wide open in the playoffs? Like when you actually get... Because the playoffs are very different. There's a huge difference between seven-game playoff series and and a regular season game. And the other thing is, okay. And Bill Garrett actually talked about this. I think it was with Joe Smith of The Athletic on Friday night um, in Toronto. And he did another press conference today. He basically said, you know, this team has shown me I should get help. So I will if I can. But to what you're saying, and I guess where I land is this is one more potential goal scorer, and by the way, it's not going to be Patrick Kane, okay? Like, it's not Mm -hmm. going to be a perennial old old 50-goal guy. Does one more, does James Van Riemsdyk on the second line give the Wild enough goal scoring to make that trade and think that you're going to make a playoff run when we have a lot of guys that we are watching who are contributing nothing offensively? Jordan Greenway. Marcus Felino. You know, Goudreau sort of comes and goes, right, Age? So yeah. I guess to your I guess to your point where I'm sort of on your side here is do I really think, and if you could do it for cheap, I guess it's fine, but do I really think that one more guy that can possibly put the biscuit in the basket with Boldy is going to ultimately change this team's playoff fate? When with Kevin Fiala last year, who struggled against the Blues, it didn't help. I just have a lot of questions about the makeup of this team. Not in the regular season as much as in a playoff series.
1: Yeah, I mean the short answer is no. It's not going to be that thing that pushes them over the hump because I think they're so far away from the hump that you need a couple of those guys to really do it. I mean, uh, you know, you say that maybe tongue in cheek that it's the Minnesota Korrills that won the game. That seems like a lot of a lot of the games here at times, because you know, we we've seen maybe Boldy kind of go with that turtle performance sometimes where he will maybe poke his head out and have a a three point night and help the win. And other times he'll uh, head back in the shell and um, all of a sudden he's missing for like four games and it's, we see him struggle and whatnot. So um, one guy is not going to do it And as much as I appreciate and love the optimistic wild fans that are like, well, you know, they just got to hit some stride and they got to get that momentum. And you know, this recent stretch, these past five games, it kind of shows that we're going there. Guys, it's just not – it's not the situation that you want it to be. I I love that you're looking at this season and this team right now through rose-colored glasses, but you're – the reality is this team is still a couple – I'm not going to say significant, but, you know, very implemental pieces, like very impact players um, to actually go out there and be a team that you're going to look on a nightly basis and say they're going to run this other team out of the barn and they're going to run through the playoffs – at least to the third round. And make no
0: yeah. And make no mistake from my my end, AJ, I I was I if I was Dean, I would be more upset by today than pleased about it. I mean, one guy basically said screw this, we're going to win against a really bad team, okay? Like mm. Kirill Kaprizov, God bless him, and against good teams he's still very very good. But that's a lot harder of task if you're in a seven-game playoff series uh to pull the messier against the devils i'm gonna score a hat trick bleep all of you um you know it's one thing on a sunday afternoon to pull it off against the blue jackets and i'm not denigrating his performance at all to be very clear he is an unbelievable player and he's worth the price of admission and i love watching him and he is built like like a like a uh uh i mean he's so strong what what's the word i'm trying to uh think of here fire uh fire hydrant he's built like a fire hydrant like he's got the, as Flurry said, post game, he's got the big ass. Like he's got the strongest backside you've ever seen. But all of that being said, I'm not impressed. I felt they were knocked off the puck way too much. Mm-hmm. I felt that they spent two periods doing way too much lollygagging. I felt that it was what they do every time they play a team like Toronto tough. They come back and they're like, we're pretty good. It's like, no, you're not. I mean, how many times do I have to say this, AJ? Kirill's really good. Mm-hmm. You're not very good. You need to work your asses off. You need to act like the majority of your players aren't that great. And and what you need to do is work your butts off. Um, so I just want to be crystal clear about this. Today doesn't impress me. You were very fortunate that you had the godson of a player who was a fifth-round pick. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to forget the first two periods, I'm not going to sit here and say that your tweet was wrong. I don't think it was. I tweeted some stuff too. I, I you know, when Golagoski turns the puck over for that first goal, um, we've talked about this. He's playing way too much now. You know, why is, why is Dakota Mermis sitting out after he was really impressive and he's a young player? I don't care. He's young, but he, he's, he seems to be a very steady presence. Okay. He did nothing to get scratched other than be, low man on the totem pole. Well, that's not fair. Golagoski doesn't reserve the right to just play now. You know, I mean, age, this is what, and and I told someone in the press box this today, and and I don't know about you. I've probably gone a little bit too far here, but I just don't care at this point. I told someone, I want them to make the playoffs so that I can watch Dean coach again. Because there are moves he doesn't make that drive me crazy. There are absolutely yeah. moves he makes. I mean, Golagoski again today, was defenseman two on the ice on three on three after being defenseman two on the ice in Toronto, and I know it was it was um, Boldy who was and well Goudreau gave up the puck in Toronto in OT to Neilander, and then Boldy got beat, but Goligoski was out there and he shouldn't have been out there. So yep. like there like there's a lot of things I
1: saw today that don't involve Kirill that I don't really like that much. Where is the Dean Evison that sat Zach Parisi? I think that was where is that? I think that that was Bill. Yeah, I I think that was Bill. Well, then, if Bill Guerin, if you're listening, can you please get in Dean's ear and just let and and maybe maybe the issue is that they share the same vision when it comes to a guy like Alex Golagoski. But there's no reason why we should be, in my opinion, scratching Kalen Addison for four games and then. After the game that Dakota Mirmis had, I know you lost in overtime. He looked for for his tracks for his yeah that's true yes. for his like repertoire and what is he's done. He's a young guy. He's got a fire to prove himself and show the organization that he deserves a spot. And he played like it and then some. Reward him if you take him out of the lineup and you sit him, and then you <laughs> the performance that you had at the blue line. This is getting off topic because now I'm. this is something that bothered me all game is. Go ahead. The Columbus Blue Jackets are not an offensive powerhouse of a team. They are not. I know they signed Johnny Goudreau. I know Boone Jenner at times can look pretty good, and he's had some good stretches over the past couple of seasons at times. But the amount of two-on-ones, three-on-twos, or even breakaways that they had today that forced Marc-Andre Fleury, who has been stumbling here as of late, to either have to make a save or – even showcase the defensive prowess of Matt Dumba at times yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I, I, I understand that you feel like you need to really get on this team. You have to be on your toes and attack the net and throw pucks and get guys low, and you're crashing the net and everything. There's no reason they should have this many offensive chances the other way because as no. much as people want to say they dominated those first two periods, I I think you and I are on the same page. They did not. The I test said no. No, no, they had' way too many I mean they were losing after the first two periods. so what's what's the well, the what shots which which is a which is a nothing statistic like
0: we yeah. don't even know you know there there's not I, I mean shots on gold date back to whatever the 50s um and they're this you know sort of arbitrary that that looked like a shot that was a shot that well. was not a shot now Kaprizov to start the um third or second period had the breakaway. And they did have some good chances. Kaprizov could have had about six goals. Like, to be very clear here, there was the breakaway. There was a rebound chance in which the goaltender for Columbus made an unbelievable save. Like, he could have had six goals. Um, But what stood out to me in the first two periods overall from the wild point of view was one, lack of full possession time in the Columbus zone. Like, they did not have, they were not, that's a team that you should set up against. Like, they were coming in and getting chances, but how many times did they really have what looked to be the ability to run set plays? They really didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was part and parcel, and this also took place, I thought, in the neutral zone as well, age, was the lack of, or the amount of times that Columbus took the puck off their sticks. Lifted sticks. Eric that got a stick. I mean, you know, this guy is one of your more reliable players, but they just lost pucks. and And again you know, thankfully for them, they've got a superstar. But, you know, this is the type of game that back in the old days of Parisian and Suter, this team routinely would lose because they didn't have a star. And they sort of just, pardon my French, half-assed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think that this is, you know, Dean is rare that he's going to come in, especially after a game like that, and, and spill the truth. But I think this is a marvelous game now to sit down and say... Gentlemen, let's go through this film. Like, this is... uh, If we had been playing a good team... um, And I think the message is so simple. I think the message is this. The majority of you aren't that good. So quit trying to act like you're that good. Let me give you... I looked this up during the course of the game because it's obviously just been, from a standpoint of people that watch the Wild, noticeable. But, I mean, when you hear these stats, it's incredible. Jordan Greenway has one assist in 23 games and no points in 21. The last time he scored was new year's Eve in St. Louis. And I heard that the Bally's guys have been saying, hey, you know, he's just not getting the breaks. He's not getting, let me repeat this. He has one assist in 23 games. That's not getting the breaks. That's ineptitude. Marcus Folino has two assists now in his past 17 games. I mean, that's incredible. That's, Unbelievable. Marcus Fellino nobody expected him to have the type of goal production that he did last season. But those two combined have no goals in basically forever. And that's where I come back to is one guy who you're going to stick on the second line. And Boldy comes and goes too, scoring-wise, which is a little bit frustrating. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see more there. Now, he did get eventually credited with a uh, first assist on Kaprizov's power play goal. But, you know, when you're looking at this whole thing, this is why I really question, can one guy change things completely? Because it's not like anybody else, for the most part, is firing on any cylinders. Forget all, other than Kaprizov. And if Zuccarello turns the puck over one more damn time in his own zone, I mean, how how annoying. He did it in overtime today. He did it, I think, in Toronto. How annoying has that gotten where he, you know, he is making just completely irresponsible veteran plays. So, like, these are all the things I see, and I'm like, really? Like, Kirill's great, but you're really Mm -hmm. telling me you're going to win a seven-game series? You're really telling me that?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, we've been going for about 20 minutes here, and I feel like some people may, who just tuned in, or whatever may think that we're upset that they won today. I am not upset. No one. But the thing is you have to Thrill. look past like a painting can look good from a from a distance, but as soon as you get in closer and you look at some of the brush strokes, you're like, the technique is awful. Yeah. This is yeah, not this process. is not yes, there's a process. The, pro- the process is flawed. Yes, absolutely. Um going back to Felina real quick, there was a play today where he should have had a quality scoring chance. I believe it was Eric was on the top left uh, area of the zone, kind of like fighting off a guy spun and Foligno was uh, not, I'm not going to say coasting. That makes sense. He wasn't working, but he was cruising down into the slot. Yep. A a pass that would have been on his tape, had his stick been on the ice. And this is something that I think if you ask any youth hockey player in the state of Minnesota, they'll tell you if you're within like a stick length of the crease, where does your stick need to be? And that's on the ice instead He's got it shoveling snow up at his waist. It's like he's lost some of the just offensive technique that he had last season. It's like some of the fundamentals just aren't even there. And it's worrying because without the depth that they had last season, you're not going to be a team that people consider. I mean, that's what got everybody riled up. Anson Carter said that the team didn't have depth. They have essentially they're a kiddie pool in terms of a hockey team this this year. It's Kirill, it's Zuccarello, at times it's Eric Sinek, and at times it's Boldy. And that's really about it. Forward wise, yeah. Yeah. Ex- yes. And and I here's the problem.
0: Cause Felino, when he's going well, is is captain material. Mm-hmm. And he's a very sort of cocky, confident player, which you know, which is fine because that confidence I think translates to the rest of the team. Right now, he is less offensively confident in his skills than Ryan Reeves is. Ryan Reeves has more confidence. Watch Reeves play right now. And, I mean, I'm not saying he's great, not great. But watch his decision-making and watch his watch his confidence. Marcus Foligno has none right now. Jordan Greenway, I don't even know. He's playing, so since Garrett chewed him out, you know, shocking that that had to take place. Since Garrett chewed Greenway out, Greenway's play has improved. But I can never tell. I can never tell where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, Felino, I think, is just so shook. And he's so questioning himself. And it just translates to me. It translates. He got outworked for the puck a couple of times t- today. And that speaks volumes. Because, again, he cares. So I'm never go- going to say he was purposely not working hard. That I think that that would be wrong and incorrect. Yeah. But he definitely got outworked. And I think he's just that shook. And, you know, and right now, you know, he's playing what, like a fourth line wing at times? Yeah. Like there's just no, there, there's no there there right now. And so, yeah. And look, Kaprizov was great. We started the show praising him, but it's very important because sometimes in this town, you don't get the complete truth. Mm-hmm. Um, It's very important to focus on what's going to translate to playoff success. Because I I got a uh, a tweet from a fan who, and his point was a great point. He's, he's like, you know, I think they got to get, Another score. And I'm like, I agree. You know, I said, I don't disagree with your point for the regular season, but is this going to help them in the playoffs win? I, I don't mean a game. I mean a series. Mm-hmm. And I question that. Uh, back to Capriza for a yeah. second. This is an incredible stat. His time on ice today was 25 minutes and 36 seconds. Let Let me put that in comparison. Jared Spurgeon, minutes eating defenseman, right? 24:05. Um, I'm looking at the rest of the freshmen. You know, Eriksson Eck, another forward who plays a ton, Mm 21-10. Middleton, another guy, plays with Spurgeon, eats up time, right, on ice. Uh, He got a total of 23-16. Kaprizov, 25-36. 23 shifts. Dean said at one point in the OT, Zuccarello came out. And so it was... The forwards were Zuccarello and Kaprizov. And Kirill comes to the bench and he's like, I should come off for a center to take the draw. Mm -hmm. Dean said, you're going nowhere. Get back out there. (laughs) He said, you know, but don't we want to win the face off? Dean said, if you come off the ice, and I credit Dean here, so credit Dean. Mm -hmm. um, If you come off the ice, we might not get you back on. So go back and stay on the ice. I mean this was just a what's the term tour de force today, man. Yeah. This was just uh this was a guy who said the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh-uh. Not today, not
1: on my watch. God yeah. That's that time on ice is I'm not gonna appalling isn't the right word. It's but incredible. It's yes, incredible. Because, how often does a forward beat your top defenseman? Yeah. <laughs> that's that not a lot. That not a lot. Um that's that's incredible. You how how long with your experience of just watching hockey, I mean, I've been watching since, you know, almost birth, but you have, you know, decades longer on me. I do. Um, Not to put an age on it, but um, how much longer can they rely on Kirill to bear that type of workload? Because it seems like at a certain point you have to expect it to maybe, soil something whether it's his mindset about the team or just his overall health because you know you don't see it in like uh, in the NHL as you do in the NBA where guys are going to take games off for load management the only times you really see that is they've locked up a certain playoff spot they can't really do too much so that maybe the last two regular season games are just going to kind of call it in but you don't see that in the NHL how much longer can they expect that you know is it weeks is it a season is it a couple seasons how like how soon do they need to get him some help
0: knock on wood i'm not too concerned about his health because he because of the way he's built and again knock on wood because of the way he's built physically and he's so strong that like he would wear down after a while but i'm not very concerned about that now what 20 mid 20s right mm-hmm. so like he's not old um and and i truly believe when it comes to certain athletes aj that some guys just have physical gifts that where they don't get hurt as much. Like it's not this arbitrary thing that certain guys are always hurt and certain guys just don't get hurt. So while I certainly would hope that nothing, you know, that there wouldn't be an incident that could cause a problem. I don't think his workload is a huge problem. Okay. But, but to your point, the second part is important and that's the mental, the mentality here of, I got to get some help. You know, the mentality of, and I think it's huge right now that he loves Zuccarello. But when's the last time he had a center who was really a good player? Never. In Russia? Seriously. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so I think what would wear him down first would be the the mental aspect before the physical aspect. I mean, Dean basically said today, and and this is as as unvarnished as he's been in talking about a player that I've ever heard. Dean said he could have played the whole game. Like he was just that, he was that on. And, and, you know, uh, Dean compared him as far as conditioning wise and all of that to Ovechkin. And, you know, we know going way, way back to when the Russians started their hockey program that their dry land training is nuts. Like they, they are, when the Russians played the Canadians in the 72 Summit Series, the first thing that the Canadian team had no idea about was because it was before training camp. So it was basically a summertime series before camp. And the Canadians at that time came in, you know, sucking down beers. And they're like, okay, we'll get in shape during the tournament. And the Russians came in in elite condition. Mm-hmm. And if you go and watch what they do dryland training wise, it's crazy. And, like, that's the expectation. So guys like Ovechkin and Kuro Kaprizov have advantages of, of, you know, their wind is great, their ability to not fatigue is great. Um, Heck, Ovechkin's what now, 37 or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think 36, 37. He's
0: something nuts, and he's still going uh, absolutely outstanding. But I think you're right on the mentality thing. And I think as this contract comes up. That's why it becomes so important that Marco Rossi comes and develops. That's why Mm -hmm. it become, because I just, I don't know that you can tell this kid, well, we're still going to, you know, when his contract comes up, I don't know that you can, if you haven't shown him definite steps that you can just say, just wait, just wait, no, still just wait. Uh, I think at some point in time, it's going to be up to you to get this, this, um, lauded farm system. To develop players so he says okay I, I see it now i'll
1: sign a huge contract Eat stress-free this spring with factors delicious ready-to-eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes tailored to your schedule customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little you need you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle, Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up those springtime goals. Head to FactorMeals.com slash 50 and use code jud 50 to get 50% off your first box. Plus... 20% off your next box. That's code jud 50 at Factormeals.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to be whether it will be Marco Rossi, whether we have to wait a couple of years and it will be Kuznodinov over in, in Russia. Or That's an intriguing been, one. I like Kuznodinov a lot. I do too. He, From what I've seen at times, you know, just like the replays of some of their games and some of what he has showcased is a very good two way center who can move the puck progressively well up the ice. And, you know, he can do kind of a little bit of everything, but he's still very raw at certain areas, but, um, or whether they're going to need to try to lure somebody in with, uh, with some free agency stuff. And that'll be tough the next three seasons. But um, you know, it is at a certain point, you can't say we're going to keep throwing Ryan Hartman or, you Wait. know, or maybe they're going to call it Vicky Rask again and get him back over here in the States and try to make it work. It's I at know. a certain point, I'm just sick of it's just Caril Zuccarello, Kirill Zuccarello. If you think he's good now, I want I need a, a better center. I need a guy who's actually going to help him showcase because he can't just do it all every single night. Like we saw tonight where they go out of the uh, second intermission and he says, all right, guys, I decided we are going to win this game. Sit back. I'll handle it. I want that. I want him on a line where the entire
0: line scares people. I mean, he scares teams, no question, and he should. But the line doesn't scare people. Uh, Matt's is really good. Scuffles at times. And I don't, I just don't know that you can get by with, with a plug and play center with a guy that good all the time, especially guess where in the playoffs. Hey, last thing, last thing before we go. So I think there's two things that the GMs are going that the GMs when when they meet in Florida, which, of course, they do quite a bit because it's nice and nice and warm and they can sip on expensive cocktails. Um, (laughs) There's two things I think they're going to have to to discuss. One is this new trend of sitting guys out like Jeff Chickren. Columbus has a guy as well um, who they sit out for weeks now leading up to the trade deadline thinking, well, we don't want him to get hurt. And boy, we want Connor Bedard, so if we lose, it's going to help us get more more uh, possible, I don't know what they use, ping pong balls, lottery tickets, I don't even know. Uh, but that's the first one, because I don't think it's fair to, I don't think it's fair if the Coyotes are playing the wild, and Jeff Chickren, who is a wild killer, doesn't play, then paving the, the way to make it easier for the Wild to win, I don't think that's fair to the rest of the division. And if it in if that's reflected and hurts the Wild, I don't think that that's fair to the Wild. So I think that's the first thing. They're going to have to find a way where if you're going to sit a guy, he either legitimately has to be hurt or there is a very quick you cannot just say, you know, eight games. We'll see ya. if we trade you. I mean, Chickren's not traded yet. Guys are being no. traded left and right. Yeah. The other one and this is more important to the actual sport that we watch is this. Coaches have found a way to sully three-on-three three overtime. This bull you-know-what of watching the Blue Jackets in the wild, and there was a team, oh, the Devils did the same thing here, of take the puck and circle back and circle back and slow it down and slow it down is exactly the opposite of what the intention of three-on-three three was, and that we once saw, which was end-to-end, just unbelievable action. I suggested this to Dex, and I heard this on Sirius NHL radio a couple of weeks ago. But if you have the puck on the offensive side, if you decide to circle back behind center ice, the red line, it's an automatic face-off in your zone. Um, I think they have to come up with a mechanism that's not a shot clock, but it sort of is like one, I mm-hmm. think they have to come up with something. Three on three is supposed to be exciting. And the end of the game with Kaprizov's goal was great. But how much did we just watch guys basically play keep away? And I'm seeing that more and more. And I'm not sure about you, Age, but that to me is exactly the opposite of what the intention was for this whole overtime system.
1: I don't hate the game ending in a shootout. It's the same reason why, like, I'm a fan of the new MLB rule of you're throwing a guy on second base. You get, the game has to end. You know, I don't want it to just keep going. Um, but three on three overtime was put in as a let's make it a little more interesting and let's avoid the shootout because there there should be more action there. Correct. What and that, and that's that was the case maybe the first half of the season it felt like, and then people started breaking down the film like, you know, all we have to do is just win the opening face off control the and then we win that's all we have to do because yeah. if you're just going to cycle and cycle we're not cycling for cycling's sake we're trying to draw the other team out of position so we can get a two on one and score right but yes they need to do something where i i like that uh that point of it where as soon as you cross the red line if got you go back go. over it at all with possession yeah you're going to get penalized in some way, shape or form over and back, baby. There you go.
0: And by the way, the shootout sucks, but that's a whole different topic. (laughs) The the shootout. You know, what doesn't suck baseball's pitch clock, which I have fallen in love with already. Look at a time of games for all of you old fogies out there saying, what are you talking about? When I see two on a baseball game, I start crying. I tear up. (laughs) All right, sir. Great work. We will uh, talk soon. Um, Again, the Wild in good shape. Kaprizov outstanding, but for a fair and for, for a fair and accurate assessment of today's game, Judd's Hockey Show, Judd and AJ felt like we just had to do a program. We'll talk to you later.